Worldwide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Everything that gets thrown on the floor, we're going to get a technical foul. Listen to me. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. Nothing else on the floor. Am I clear? Man, there's just... It feels good to hear a coach get booed by his own crowd, right? <laughs> or have to address him for throwing stuff on the floor. I have to address him for throwing stuff on the floor mm-hmm. and then getting a bunch of wild boos, which I guess I don't know if they're booing him or booing the people throwing stuff. Hell, they don't know who they're booing. Who knows? Just booing to boo. That's just beautiful. That's why you love college sports. Come on. I uh, couldn't do it like Billy did. Billy had to address the crowd, but he made it into a, a, a memorable moment. Grant McCaslin, not so much. See, you got to you, when you have an opportunity like that, you got to use it to your advantage. I mean, they got blown out at home. You're not winning the game. Just get tossed and, and have an epic moment, right? Regardless if Brock Cunningham is in his 12th year of playing college basketball, please do not <laughs> throw stuff on the floor. Yeah, you should have taken a shot at Texas or something. Because that's why they were so amped up last night in Lubbock. Texas Hoops is uh, is there for the final time. And yeah. they wanted to make life as miserable as humanly possible on Texas. There's only one problem. The five on the floor forgot to do their part, and Texas absolutely dominated Texas Tech last night. Mm. That was a wild scene, man. They had to stop the game because stuff was being thrown on the floor. Did you see the video of the students being – he didn't get kicked out of the game. He didn't get escorted out. There were like five, six security officers, police officers having to carry this kid out of the arena, and he's chanting – Blank UT as they're trying to carry him out. It was wild, man. That's nicely done, though, isn't it? I mean, come on. Man. This is what we want with college sports. More of that, please. Um, I'm fine. If you want to replace storming the court with five security guards having to carry a kid out that's chanting blank whoever yes. the opposing UT. team is that's what i'm all about well satan is alive and well and he's thriving <laughs> in lubbock texas right now i can tell you that much did you not see that video of that kid being carried out i'll have to find it yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty wild what, awesome. what happened last night in uh in lubbock but we got a couple of big uh, basketball games of our own tonight yeah. now answer me this which ou hoops team do you think has a better chance to win tonight Is it the OU men at number 8, Iowa State? Or do you think it's the 20th-ranked OU women at home against number 3, Texas? Which OU team has a better chance to win? OU women. 
I, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Now, have they played yet this year? Yeah, OU beat Texas okay. in, uh, in, in Austin, which I guess OU beat Iowa State and Norman, but I would have said the same thing, and I wouldn't even have waited as long as you did to answer it. Been yeah. like, well, it's OU women. What are you talking about? And I still think it is. However, I check the uh, betting lines for both games. Iowa State minus nine and a half against the OU men. Texas minus nine and a half against the OU women. I absolutely think the OU women have a better chance to win tonight. Yet they are both a nine and a half point underdog going into their games tonight. What's that interesting? Shocked me that the OU women are that big of an underdog. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. I know Texas is is really good. They've they've got wins over number two K State, number thirteen Baylor. Yeah, they won eight straight. They're they're good for sure. They're really good. Um, but you know, Oklahoma went down there, beat them in their house, and uh, they're currently atop the the Big Twelve standings. I mean, it's it's kind of been interesting with how Oklahoma's been viewed. I. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know a whole lot about the women's hoops, but it does kind of feel odd with some of the big time wins that they've got at number ten Texas, beat number two K State at home, handled number twenty one Baylor. I mean, I get that they had a a bad month of December, but yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, they're being they're still being punished for those five non conference losses they had. Which mm-hmm. I mean, you you've got to acknowledge those. Because it happens, but at the same time, if you're evaluating where that team is right now, they can win the conference outright tonight, man. You, you know, like so. Whether it comes to the committee evaluating this team, you can it, it, you can acknowledge they lost five non-conference games, but you also have to say, yeah, they're not even close to being that team. They're, right. they're a much different team. So, not saying that you put them at number two or number three, but. You know, maybe excuse those wins because it happened so early on, or excuse those losses because they happened so early on in the year, at least a little bit. Now, uh, the men, on the other hand, they sit right now at 500 in conference. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. If they were able to go pull off a road win at Iowa State, number eight team in the country, whew, that would be huge for them. And they're coming off of, a confidence booster with that last-minute shot against Oklahoma State. That was awesome in Bedlam. So, I mean, it's it's not going to be easy. They've got a an uphill battle, obviously, but I don't know. Crazy things happen. I mean, BYU just handed it to Kansas again yes, last they night. Did. So, that? you know, it's, it's, uh, it's possible. It is possible. Uh, Vegas says Iowa State's better and they're at home, so they're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. ESPN BPI gives OU like a 14% chance to win this game. So, okay, what's the must-win scale for this game? It's not 10. It's not 9. It's not 8. That's what I told you yesterday, man. Play this one like you got nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, You're you're still in good shape if you come away with a loss in this game. Don't back down, you know. Go, go up there and play like you've got nothing to lose and make this a game with five minutes left. That, that's that's the one thing that I just don't want to see tonight is this team gets a big win on the road. Is it a confidence boost? Hopefully. But don't just go up there and get rolled by 22 points and be non-competitive. Yeah. No, you, I mean, you had a moment on Saturday that can potentially swing things back in the right direction. Take advantage of that, dude. 
Go up there and shoot it well like you did in the second half in Stillwater. That's probably what it's going to take. Those starter numbers that you had on Saturday where four of your starters were in double figures, it's probably going to take that. You know, it is interesting. Like, what is the uh, – where's this fall on the must-win scale? I it, I don't know if it even – does it even register? This is one that you almost chalk up as not going to win. And it doesn't mean that they can't. I'm just saying, like, as you're looking through the schedule, trying to find the opportunities – to stockpile some W's to put yourself in a in a, a good position to make the tournament and maybe even improve the seeding. Uh, you're kind of eyeing this game and, and the Houston game and saying, okay, we kind of know what's going on here. But you win the last two against Cincinnati and, and on the road at Texas, you're going to find yourself in a pretty good position there. You'd be, what, 21 and 10 at the time? couple of really nice wins scattered throughout, so be in a pretty good spot. So these are just kind of cherry on top, aren't they? Kind of they? feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Go, like we said, go one and one this week. It doesn't even matter which one. Either one would be your best win of the year if you can get it. If you win either one of these, there's there's not a scenario where they miss the tournament, right? No. no, I mean, no, no you're no, probably no, no, going to no, be no. no worse than a – Seven seed? Yeah, I mean, you may be an eight or a nine if you then, win tonight yeah. and lose the next three or well, something like yeah. that. But yeah, you you win either of these next two, you are uh, you are safely in the dance, safely in. From the four hundred five on the text line, I have always wondered what would keep an, an opposing fan from showing up to a road game wearing the home game's colors and then repeatedly throwing stuff on the floor to create technical fouls <laughs> against the team they hate. Man. It's That's, a heck of an idea. It's a heck of an idea. And let's start thinking about where we could need this most. Perhaps um, maybe it's at LSU. Maybe it's wearing a Vince Young jersey in the Cotton Bowl against Texas. Okay, that's too far. You had me with the whole LSU <laughs> thing, but wearing a VY jersey to that one, can't no, I do can't it. do that one. Uh-uh. Can't no. do it. All right. Yeah, be saving up your uh, bourbon bottles, guys, now until November. Save them up for when you dress up as LSU fans and throw them on the field during the game. I guess you could, well, probably doesn't have the same effect at home if you're wearing the uh, uh, opponent's stuff, but that is a good good point. I like it. And desperate times call for desperate measures. Let's, um, you know, we are at Texas to end the the hoops regular season. So there's a thought about that. 402, no one thought BYU would win at KU. Let's go. Boomer. Someone would just threw in a boomer at the end of there you go. BYU winning at Kansas. And I... I, what was the final? They won pretty handily, didn't they? Won they won by like 6-7, yeah. something like that, yeah. Won by 8, 76-68. Impressive win. Going on the road. I mean, no big deal. First year in the Big 12, go beat Kansas on the road. Oklahoma hadn't done it since the 90s. Yeah, but have fun, BYU. You won't do it for 40 more years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Your final win there in uh, 40 years, as long as you live. So, I, I hope you enjoyed it last night. Brad says, what impacts from Jacob Lacey's departure? And I was going to bring this up today. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you had a chat with BV here recently, and it's making its way all over social media. I mean, you can easily find this information if you'd like. But 
Jacob Lacey has had um, issues with the blood clots, and wasn't he supposed to miss all of last year at one point? Yeah, I was. I can't remember exactly when it was, if it was pre or post spring. Didn't he miss spring ball with it last year? Or maybe it was just training camp. Well, yeah, maybe maybe it was spring. I, I, I don't like remember it was exactly. Spring, either or doesn't matter. Um, it sounded pretty um, low percentage that he was going to play at that point. I thought he was done at that point. So whenever we saw him in the season, I was kind of shocked after kind of what I had been told, and it wasn't really ever. Um, I don't think it was ever really made public. So I saw him out there, and I was like, "Well, okay, I guess I guess he's moved past that. Things are in a better position." And then hearing Coach Venables say that today, you know, I I think it I think it's a pretty big impact uh, just for you know he's a known commodity, you know he's not an All SEC player by any stretch, okay, but. What he is is a guy that plays with great energy, plays with a really good pad level. You know, we don't have a lot of guys that are, you know, your 330-pound defensive tackles, right? So what you have to have is guys that play with excellent technique and pad level, and he was one of those guys. So he could hold up against physical offensive lines and do a good job. You know, he he did a really good job a couple times in their goal line packages and a lot of their short yardage stuff just because – of the low pad level. So I, I do think it is a, a, a pretty big deal, but how big of a deal it's impossible to stay to say right now, because we'll just have to see who steps into that void and what type of play do they get? I mean, you still have a long time before you kick off in the fall. So hopefully someone steps in there and, and can kind of pick up where he was and and have some production and and be a, a big rotational piece. I mean, we're already thin there for guys that you feel like have good playing experience. So I, I would say it opens up the possibility. I, I think it was already a strong possibility, but I think that they're going to be maybe even more aggressive in the post-spring yeah. transfer. Well, that, that was kind of my thing with the just overall depth with, with Jacob Lacey not being available this year. It's, you know, that spot that he plays – it's the hardest place to replace high, you know, production on a defense, maybe the entire team. Like, if he was a wide receiver and you need another wide receiver, okay, we can go out to the portal and we can find someone who can play wide receiver for us. Same thing at running back, same thing for a lot of places. We don't know if that defensive lineman is going to be available in the spring portal cycle. Maybe they will. It's just hard to replace that top end or, according to your defense, one of your more main pieces in the middle of the defense like he was going to be. It's not easy to replace. Yep. No, that's right. And I'm not even sure. The the roster on uh, Soutersports.com is not updated. So I don't have really any idea who's, who's going to be available at that and, and who's not. It's so hard to know like who's coming back and who's not coming back. But we're thin. So, um, you know, Coach Venables did say today that some of the early enrollees have had really nice winter workouts. And, you know, obviously you're not – you don't have the pads on and you're not doing football stuff. But 
you know, he feels like there's a chance that some of those guys are, are going to end up being really impactful players. Now, he didn't put a timeline on that, so I don't know if that means this this fall, but he likes where those guys are at at this moment. So, you know, someone or all of them are going to have to probably mature really quickly. Well, how many newcomers played last year? Quite a bit. Oh, I don't know. So I would I would think that at least a, a few will see uh, action this year. Caden Green. Uh, you had to start there? Yeah. You couldn't Why have started not? with, like, PJ or someone else. You had to start with Caden Green. See, we're talking about people being plant in other teams' uh, jerseys to throw stuff mm-hmm. on the field. <sighs> Did Drink just plant Teddy here to throw out a Caden Green? Yeah, I'm a Missouri plant. Been working on it since '99. Well, I, I like Coach Venables had a lot of good things to say uh, today, so we'll be able to piece through some of those things. There was plenty of stuff in there, but yeah, the Jacob Lacey one, uh, pretty impactful as far as players. And there's some updates on some guys as far as you know, in it. it happens every year sometimes there's a lot sometimes there's few but you've you've got guys that had surgery issues after the last season cleaning up shoulders and knees that are going to be missing some time here in the spring but um you know you still hope to to have those guys back in at a full capacity in training camp could you compile a list of the three most positive things that he said throughout that interview any chance that you sure. could uh, think back? The okay. most positive, or th- three best things, or well, I, I don't know. However, you want to say it. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff. I I don't know that all of it was necessarily just positive, but there were some interesting factoids in there. But yeah, I, I'll put okay. a right. compilation together of some of the best moments if that's what you'd like. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm laughing at Hawaiian Sooner saying we should ask the Iowa State football team. What's the line for the basketball game tonight? A good or, or point. Or which side that the uh, that the Iowa State football team is on? Yeah, check that Iowa fan duel and see what the movement's yeah. doing up there. Uh, I'm looking for a Hunter Upper Decker, please, and see which <laughs> side he's taking. Check his check his Snapchat. Just send you talk about sending a plant. Send a girl to to get on the Snapchat with him and see what he's uh, wagering for. I wish game. he would do live reads on this station for a 1-800 betting service that he's he's a part of now. That's a hell of an idea. That's a really Free good winner idea. tonight. Give me a call. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Three free picks and then Three free, it, then yeah. you call the uh <laughs> the number to get the real picks, the real good ones. That's good stuff. Okay. Let's hit an opening timeout. Flood the text line, 651-3439, Knippelmeyer text line. Uh, we got plenty of stuff to get to, a lot of, lot of uh, factoids from University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venable, uh, Venables today that we can get into. Stay tuned. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. As we age, cataract surgery is often an inevitable step. And it's not just about restoring your sight, it's about upgrading your quality of life. So when it's sore throats, stomach viruses, and more, our Norman Clinic is located at Norman Regional 9, 2000, and Brandon Boulevard, Suite 201. And our Moore Clinic is located at Norman Regional Moore, 700 South Telephone. Phone Road, Suite 201. It is 
the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We're in studio today. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. K-Dub in the 918 says, uh, deal or no deal. I like it when we do these uh, deals. Deal or no deal. Odds are high we lose tonight. We usually play awful in Ames. But would you be willing to concede the game this evening for an extra eight points on Saturday against Kelvin's crew coming into town? Concede the game tonight, chalk it up as a loss, but you get an extra eight points on Saturday. Yes, but there's a caveat here. I I get to allocate the eight points whenever I want throughout the game. <laughs> it's like hitting the nitrous. <laughs> yeah, we, we do not start 8-0, okay? I, no deal if it starts 8-0. Uh, here's OU making a run. Ted Lehman just hit the nitrous. There's another eight points. Uh, now it's an 11-point lead. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. I would take that deal if I, can, if I can use the eight points at my own discretion throughout the game. Uh, 405, there have been four OU football players that were All-Americans that wore number 11. Who were they? Say that again. There have been four OU football players that were All-Americans that wore number 11. Who are they? That's from the text line. Mildren. Yep. Um, Owens. Westbrook. Westbrook. Kalmus. Kalmus. Monday, I was at the Newcastle Casino, and a guy gave me the, hey, Rocky, and I had no idea if it was legit or a listener. I'm I'm like seventy percent sure he really thought I was Rocky. So of course I I want to believe that that was genuine. He he thought you were Rocky Calmus. That just goes that just goes with the running joke. And I'm going to guess that you were rooting for the same thing as well. At least I would hope. I what's best for the show, right? At this point, I just kind of like there's a, a you know a quick second mentally where I'm trying to decipher if that was legit or joke and then either way at that point it's just a chuckle so <laughs> i love it uh okay 405-651-3439 jim and arlington says tyler asked teddy what brent said about coach drink did you ask him about drinkowitz no okay it'd be pretty amazing if you did i don't think i don't no he didn't say anything coach what's it gonna be like <laughs> to go up against that dork eli drinkowitz uh, Coach, talk about uh, Drinkovitz up at Missouri. No, I he he didn't say anything about him. What um, what, what were uh, some of the positive things just overall that he said? What what immediately comes to mind when when I ask you that? Well, I think one of the things you know he spent a good several minutes at the beginning of the conversation, you know, just talking about like some of the comparisons from the previous year and last year and how much improvement they made in a bunch of metrics offensively defensively and i for me the takeaway and i don't know if he was if if he meant this or was just kind of talking about where the team last year was but for me the point is like the starting point for this year's team is so much higher than it has been the previous two years. It's not even close. 
uh, just as far as the continuity, the players, like the turnover, like some of the turnover numbers from the first two years we know were were just massive. Like they've got that in a much better spot right now. There's not nearly as many. I think there's like 65 or 70 new guys last year, something yeah. crazy like that. Not nearly as many this year. And then, you know, just adding on to that, he said that, you know, this next recruiting class is going to be the smallest one that they've had. And that's, you know, shaping that, up to be like, yeah. So you're talking about the 25 thing. class. Correct. Yes, right. And, and that's going to be a good thing. That's kind of where they want it. Um, but, you know, just, I think, this just the the starting point of the team, and and kind of where they are generally as an overall squad is they're in a much better place, and that means a lot. And he wasn't talking about this. This is just kind of my own commentary on it. Like it's just like anything else. Like instead of teaching the entire defense or getting. 80 guys up to speed, you don't spend, you know, a a huge percentage of your time on that. Obviously, you do that for all the new guys and and the refresher for everyone else. But the majority of the time is spent coaching the finer details. And what was the thing that was lacking last year? It was the finer details. So I I think that 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 was a good overall kind of look at where the football team is. Well, I think it's nice, too, like, yeah, to have some players like Bowman and Stutzman who've been in the system a couple of years. Like, that's nice just for them individually and their play. But I got to think it's helpful when you're talking about the rest of the team. Yeah. You know, like, if you have players that have been in the system for a couple of years, they're looked at as your leaders, they know what's going on. I I think that that only helps – the other guys behind them and around them as well. well and, and, and to have a linebacker that knows the defense, too, within a system yeah. like that, I think makes it e- easier on some of the other starters on the field. Well, for example, you know, going into last season in training camp, you know, we're we're talking about it like well, they need to bubble wrap Stutzman because they don't have anyone else that has played at all. I mean, zero. Nobody has played any amount of meaningful minutes, period. And you look at the linebacker group right now, I, I'd be fine if Kip Lewis started, if Kobe McKenzie was out there, if Canick was out there, and Lewis Carr, some of these younger guys. Like Last year you had one guy, and now you've got six guys. I mean, that's, and that's just the linebacker group. Yep. and. You know, that goes for safety and edge and, you know, so uh, they're they're just in a totally different place as a football team. Uh, what about offensively? If I were to ask you about something positive that was said or felt by the offense, what, what would come to mind? He likes Deion Burks a lot. That makes two of us. Really likes Deion Burks a lot. Um, super competitive guy. Uh, super athletic. Um I got the feeling that, you know, he talked about, you know, you're losing Drake Stoops and Drake Stoops, like the production was really good. The locker room, you know, like the leadership you got from him was really good. All of those things were great. And there was no but in there. Um, Your Deion Burks is going to be kind of moving into that role and you can never replace a Stoops. It's impossible. Uh, 
but Burks is going to give you a, a a game changer in that role, you know, with some of the things that he brings to the table. I thought that was a real positive. We talked going into last year about, man, I, the wide receivers got to do a lot of things better, but they got to be better yards after catch. Yards after catch in Brent's first year and Lincoln's last year just wasn't to the level it had been previously. And I guess I'm trying to think back to last year. It was a little bit better last year, but is it still at the level that it needs to be? Probably not in a conference like the SEC. Feels like Deion Burks could maybe be your best yards after catch type of guy yeah. for how fast he is and some of the even the plays that he made at Purdue. Well, and and the position he's going to be playing over the middle, that's typically where you you can see some guys make some real ground after the catch. And I guess that's not always the case. You can do it anywhere on the field, but um yeah, he's he's gonna be an explosive talent. Um now I don't know if if he he was not happy with how the corners played last year, and it's it wasn't necessarily a um, that he didn't like the guys there. It was just so inconsistent because of injury, guys in and out of the lineup. Like there was a lot of stuff there, so it's not like just pointing the finger at guys saying we weren't good enough there. Uh, that's not what it was, you know. Just because of circumstance. So, like whenever I asked him about some of the the things that they need to do to take it to the next level defensively, corners one of the the spots that he talked about, and I was really excited with the list of names of guys that he was talking about. It has you sitting there thinking, like, I, I just I don't know when the last time or ever that I can remember that we've had a group of corners like we have right now. Um, now that's not to say that, like, skill wise, we've had a bunch of really good players and really good groups. I'm I'm more so talking about like the body types. Uh, Makari Vickers is a you know six one almost yeah big dude. Um, you Even know, Gentry's six foot one eighty two. He looks Gentry's good. got size to him. Woody Washington has a ton of experience. Uh, you know Jacoby Johnson is really big freak athlete, and then he was talking about the. Um, Who's the transfer guy that came in from, I think it was Utah? Uh, McC- that McCle- is... Or Mer- yeah. Um, gosh, why am I blanking on his name? I think they just... Uh, Jocelyn. Yeah, y- yes, Jocelyn Malaska. Mal- that's it. Yeah. yeah, Malaska. He said that in their testing athletically, and he's kind of raw, he doesn't have a lot of experience, but the best athlete in the in the room. I think it's Jocelyn, maybe is Jocelyn. how you say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his his forty, his pro uh, pro shuttle, like all of those numbers, he was he was kind of the best in the group. So like they've got, and then you've got your Josiah Wagner's, and you know the the big kid from San Diego State that's coming in. So the corner group, and throw Kendall Dolby back in that that group as well. Like th- that group looks like it's going to be ultra competitive, and we'll see what comes of it. 
I don't know what comes of it, but as a group, what the what the tail of the tape, I guess, so to speak, looks really, really good. Yeah, I, and look, linebackers got to be better than they were at the end of the year, but it does feel like they've transformed the linebacker spots, mm-hmm. the corner spots, the safety spots. We got more safeties than we know what to do with. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Spears Jennings, he said that Robert Spears Jennings is a monster right now. Just he's so big, so athletic, physical, aggressive, and you know played some really good football at the at the end of the uh, the year. And I don't I don't want to skip over this guy because he talked really high about him. Came on strong at the end of the year. Kanai Walker uh, was another guy at corner that, and he's he's gigantic too. So yeah, it it's Kanai so, Walker six foot two two oh three. That that's yeah. and I don't think that that's an updated listing like of of where he's yeah. at maybe after this off season so some of these right. numbers are probably going to change. All right, we will uh, get to some more of this next. Uh, stay tuned. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. The Showplace Theater is the best place for live music and with some of the best acts around. Ryan Bingham with the Texas Gentleman, April 19th. Kip Moore, April 20th. Chelsea Handler, May 3rd. I was with my brother the other day, and I said, why are you even a parent? I said, you're not very good at it. (laughs) And Brantley Gilbert, May 10th. Riverwind, the Metro's best casino experience. Fowler Automotive is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the showroom. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. Plus, 12-ounce beers are priced at just 2 bucks each. Visit Soonersports.com slash tickets to secure your seats, and we'll see you at the LNC this Friday night for Oklahoma Women's Gymnastics. Meyer Chevrolet text line is 405-651-3439. We'll get to that momentarily. I was going to say uh, congratulations to Lance Leipold, but forget that. Congratulations to the University of Kansas because they got Lance Leipold to agree mm-hmm. to more than $7 million per year, putting him in the top three average salary in the Big 12. Now, they're paying the guy... More than $7 million per year. So, yes, congratulations to Lance Leipold as well. But this is the first head coach in a while that's had any sort of success at Kansas. And this guy is electing to stick around Lawrence rather than jumping off to another job. So, that's why I say congratulations to KU on that deal. That's a huge win. He's a really good coach. And I'm curious as to, like, I mean, the money's great. But, you know, I think with what he's done there, he could get some really good coaching jobs that are massive upgrades from what Kansas has been traditionally known as. I wonder what has really led to him staying. And my guess would be with Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12, every job in the Big 12 just got a lot better. Sure it did. And – you know, he's They got upgrades on the way too. Seven million per year puts him in the top three in the Big Twelve, but what does it put him whenever is that count uh when OU and Texas leave? 
Because I don't know. Does anyone else make that? Gundy, maybe. I don't even know if Gundy makes that, does um, he? I, if I had to guess the other two coaches that make that much, Kyle Winningham's been at Utah forever, right? Good point. Surely he would make around that money. I would think Gundy is probably in that neighborhood, though. Seven mil? How much does uh, how much does Dion make at Colorado? Well, that's a good point. I don't know. Uh, and I don't know if they're counting those schools as Big 12 schools right now. You know how I'm sure. saying? Like, I don't know what that – how that exactly falls. But like the point is, like, they weren't far off last year from doing something significant, and that was with their, their backup quarterback, which, you know, he's way better than a backup quarterback. So I know that that's a, that's a talking point, but that was a really good player. That was a six-year guy that had a ton of experience. was a really good athlete. So not like he was a, a your typical backup quarterback. But all of that said – I think he's probably found – I think there's like a um, – there's kind of like tears right now in college football. And I, if you go a tier above Kansas that is below – like I would say that Kansas is in like the the third tier and maybe it's the fourth tier, whatever. But I guess what I'm saying is – like you get to a point where like you are losing guys to the higher level and I don't think Kansas is losing guys to the higher level they're getting guys from a higher level and a, like they're they're kind of in the perfect spot like cuz the transfer portal has changed a lot of things and I just think that they're in a really unique spot to where they don't necessarily have to worry about all of their guys jumping ship. And I think that's a pretty comfortable place to be. Well, think of the place that Kansas is in right now and even every other Big 12 school. Mm-hmm. Like, initially, I'm sure there was a lot of panic. There was a lot of panic. OU and Texas are leaving the conference. Some thought the conference would dissolve. But how good of a spot that league is in compared to what we initially thought when OU and Texas left? Yeah. Um, if you win that conference you you're going to the college football playoff and you get a first round bye in the college football playoff you will at least be one of eight teams left in the playoff if you just win your league so yeah man for the head coach at Kansas or Utah or Oklahoma State used to be it had to be perfect for you to get in the playoff now just win your league man and there's not anyone that stands out really far in a way uh, above the rest you win that league you get a first round buy in a playoff game that's a heck of a deal for that for that conference it's an awesome deal and think about this too not just winning the league okay so let's say the sec gets four teams in right they're automatic bid and three others let's say the big 10 gets four teams in they're automatic bid and three others that's eight spots well you still have the automatic qualifier from the Big 12, right? The automatic qualifier from the ACC. And outside of that, like, you have – I guess what I'm saying is you could, you don't even necessarily have to win the Big 12 to get in. And think about that. Like, You've always had to win the Big 12, and you ain't getting into any playoff. Like, forget about it. And Sometimes now, if you do that, that may not even guarantee it in the yeah, past. Now, all of a sudden, you may not even have to win the Big 12, and you can make a yeah. 12-team playoff. I mean, that looks 
pretty appealing. Yeah, it is. Um, we, we started the conversation on Lance Leipold. I, I do just want to say, I, I think people acknowledge what he's done at Kansas. I, I still don't think people truly appreciate what he's done at Kansas. Yeah. Because what he's done at Kansas is simply remarkable. They were the laughing stock. And not for one or two years, man. For around a decade, KU was the punchline of the joke when it came to college football. They couldn't get any traction whatsoever, no support whatsoever, facilities crap. Nothing was good at Kansas, man. Nothing was good. And he's at least got them competitive at this point. It's, it's pretty incredible. I'm not going to put it to Bill Snyder level just yet, but, man, it's impressive what he's done at KU. When did Bill Snyder win his first Big 12? Uh, 2003 would be his first year. Decade? Took yeah. him a decade to win the Big 12? Yeah. Close to it? Mm-hmm. Or more? I say Leipold is on a, a rocket ship now to Could perhaps be. surpass that. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory and have a wide selection of Silverados and SUVs. At Knippelmeyer, we still do business the same way we have for 63 years. So, if we don't have the exact model you're looking for, we'll order it for you, and when it gets here, that's the price you pay. Come see us in Blanchard. Give us a call at 405-485-3333 or check us out on the web at knippelmeyer.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. I'm attorney Noble McIntyre of McIntyre Law. If you or a loved one has been injured as a result of a semi-truck accident, you need an attorney. The decision on who to hire is very important. At McIntyre Law, we will settle a case if the offer is fair. If it isn't fair, if it's not complete justice, we will try the case to a jury. Partial justice is no justice at all. At McIntyre Law, we are committed to obtaining full justice for our clients. Contact McIntyre Law at 405-917-5200 or visit us at McIntyreLaw.com. Are you tired of overpaying for insurance? Make the switch today and put more money back in your pocket. Rightway Insurance offers unbeatable rates and exclusive discounts. Don't settle for high premiums. Contact Rightway Insurance at 405-607-6014 and start saving on the coverage you need. Affordable protection is just a phone call away with Rightway Insurance. That's Rightway Insurance, your trusted partner at 405-607-6014. It's hoop season at the Lloyd Noble Center, and you do not want to miss your chance to catch the OU women's basketball team in action this season. The Sooners' home schedule is packed with great games and entertainment for the whole family. Tickets are just 10 bucks for adults and special pricing available for kids and seniors. Browse upcoming games, ticket packages, and more at Soonersports.com slash tickets. And we'll see you at the LNC for OU women's basketball this season. Boomer Sooner. The Sooner Theater's Armstrong Bank Studio Series presents a celebration of life, love, laughter, and... Join us as our high school performers in the celebration that is Fiddler on the Roof. March 1st through 3rd. For tickets, visit SoonerTheater.org or call 405-321-9600. 
If you're looking for a no-appointment-needed doctor's visit, head to Norman Regional's walk-in clinics in Norman and more. Open Monday through Friday from 7A to 7P. Our walk-in clinics offer convenience for new or established patients. The clinic providers treat allergies, cold and flu symptoms, sore throats, stomach viruses, and more. Our Norman Clinic is located at Norman Regional 9, 2000, and Brandon Boulevard, Suite 201. And our Moore Clinic is located at Norman Regional Moore, 700 South Telephone Road, Suite 201. What do you do when the unexpected happens? Who do you turn to? Primrose Funeral Service in Norman will be by your side to help manage the many details surrounding your loved one's final arrangement. A funeral represents an opportunity for family and friends to reflect on the life of their loved one and to honor the memory of their life. Our compassionate staff has been providing the highest quality care for over 80 years. Please contact Primrose Funeral Service at 405-321-6000 or visit us online at primrosefuneralservice.com. We tend not to think about right now, but right now in front of us is victory over cancer. Right now, cancer research funded by the V Foundation is leading to better treatments and saving lives. When you give to the V Foundation, 100% of your donation goes directly to game-changing cancer research. Victory over cancer is there for the taking by you. Donate at V.org because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Are you in the market for an electric vehicle or do you already own one? At OEC and OEC Fiber, we help ensure your EV experience is as seamless and reliable as your electricity and internet services. When it comes to downloading over-the-air updates for your EV, the faster and more reliable the internet connection, the better. Check out our internet packages and learn more about how we support those making the switch to electric vehicles at okcoop.org slash EV. That's okcoop.org slash EV. I love playing sports, especially for my school. And that's because school sports are special. It's where it's safe to fail. It's where we're taught resilience, where our fear becomes confidence. It's where we learn to get back up after every fall. School sports are where 7.8 million students go from I can't to I can. This message presented by the OSSAA and the Oklahoma Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Cavens Group bringing you the sour of the rush. If you have an, emer- an emergency 24 hours a day with your home or your office building, give Cavens a call at 405 573 It's 405-573-3048. Cavens Group, com. Okay, I think I've stumbled upon something incredible here. Remember the hmm. story of Chief Saholic, the Chiefs fan that wore the uh, wolf costume yeah. during games? Robin Banks. Yeah, he was like the most well-known Chiefs fan mm-hmm. a, a couple of years ago. He had this huge social media following, and then, yeah, we found out about, around a year ago or so that he was robbing banks in the Midwest. Apparently, he's pled guilty and admitted to stealing more than $800,000 from bank robberies throughout the Midwest. Yeah. And he was using that money to place bets on Chiefs games. Because, Smart. of course, right? Steal yeah. money from banks and... Bet well, it away. It's how you launder it. Yeah. That's, that's well, good. And that's, yeah, one count of money laundering, one count of transferring stolen property across state lines, one count of bank robbery. He's a big football fan. Chiefs fans know him. Here was his opening statement from his lawyer today, and it's great. Okay. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing, and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today... Xavier stepped into the pressure 
he took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief Saholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chief's Kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Thank you and God bless. Okay. Um, I think Chief Saholic is probably going away forever after hearing what his lawyer had to say. Uh, is it me or does his lawyer look like a 50-year-old McLovin? I could see a 50-year-old McLovin. Yeah. yeah. What a statement. He's hoping for leniency, hoping the judge is a big Chiefs fan because – He's admitting to eight hundred thousand, but there's another eight hundred thousand buried oh, somewhere. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I did it, but come on, guys, I did it for the Chiefs, right? Chiefs Kingdom, aren't we on the same That's team right. here? Come on, you followed me on social media. You know, Travis Kelsey gave me a shout out one time. Come on, uh, just let me awesome. off the hook this one time. That is quite the statement. I. The real interesting thing about it is. It was 100% serious. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> what Was it written out and planned out? I mean, yeah, it, it, was, it was a little bit cringe there. But he uh, was dead serious about it. There's no, no laughing matter. That was great. All right, hour number one in the books. We'll be back with more. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.